Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. We just took a coffee hot chocolate break, and Peyton made green hot chocolate, I mean green whipped cream. You did that. Well, but you added to it. I started it. Actually, yeah, I pretty much did most of it. Yeah. But I don't get any credit. Peyton, do you want to know something that's crazy? Hmm. Do you know that? Okay, there's a story of this lady who went to go swim with dolphins. Mm-hmm. And she went with her family. Mm-hmm. And it was her turn to go, and the dolphin wouldn't let her swim with her. And the dolphin, would, would, like, ended up shaking her head no over and over and over again. They're like, why is she not swimming with me? And she was like, the lady's like, well, I don't want to make her. Like, if she doesn't want to, that's fine. Like, I don't care if I paid. Like, I'm okay. I'm not going to make an animal do anything that she doesn't want to do. And so the people that work there, they're like, did you, like, have a surgery recently? Do you, like, um, trying to think of things. And they said, maybe could you be pregnant? And she was like, well, no, I just had a baby. And they said, oh, are you, are you breastfeeding? And she said, yeah. And they said, oh, that's why. Because she doesn't want to hurt you. Right? Isn't that cool? Mm-hmm. And you want to know something else? Dolphins have radar, like sonar radar capabilities. What is radar? Like sonar, sonar, not radar. Oh, I didn't mean radar. I'm a ding dong. Sonar. So, like, you know, like, when you go to get um, an x-ray or, like, when a mom is pregnant and she goes to the doctors and you can see, like, the baby on the screen, they have sonar, which means they make noises and that's how they can also see things. And they know if you're pregnant. Like, when you get in, yes, I'm serious. When you get in the water, they'll, like, they click things and they know. And so they all are really, yes, they are, like fascinated by it and so they'll all if you're pregnant in the water swim around the pregnant woman yeah. yep and then want to see the want to hear the even cooler thing hmm. there are pregnant women that do dolphin assisted birth so they give birth with dolphins around is that cool and like the dolphins like just hang out with the babies i don't really know what exactly happens but maybe the baby's supposed to be a genius or something like that i don't know but like I wish I would have known about that. You could have been a dolphin baby. Would that be cool? I wish I would have known that. And then I know something about sharks. Okay, let's hear it. So, dolphins are, I mean, sharks are afraid of dolphins. Sharks are afraid of dolphins. Why? Because the, because the dolphins, with their snap, they will, like, bump into the shark's blind spots. What? How do they know to do that? Um, well, sharks go in one... And then um, dolphins go, swim in, uh, like, a big pack. Oh, you know what that's called? Hmm. A pod. A pod of dolphins. I kind of thought that, but I was like, I'm just going to call it a pack. A pack's fine. I mean, people know what you meant. And then, yes, um, sharks are solitary creatures. That's what that means. Solitary. Like the game Solitaire on cards, because there's, there's only one person. I wonder if, like, the sharks are, like, the big, dumb, mean bullies of the ocean and so the dolphins are like get out of here bruce i like the teachers that's cool yeah no i think they're the the protectors i also just learned something i was listening to the joe rogan podcast 
And they said something like, they're like, killer whales are so dangerous, but I don't know if they've ever actually hurt humans in um, nature, in captivity. Yeah, because they're like, you know, they don't like them and they're like upset with them and they're like making them live in these tiny, tiny, um, yeah, like just. tanks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and the in nature i don't know if they've ever actually hurt anybody they've actually saved humans lives how about that crazy huh wow i didn't know that about orcas nope yeah orca whales are cool but they're they're like so scary if you ever watch them hunt you're like jesus (laughs) they're crazy okay are you ready yes i am she's ready people okay series of unfortunate events by lemony snicket Book the 12th, The Penultimate Peril, or Peril. Should we say it like French? Peril. Chapter 2. If you were to hold this book up to a mirror, you would see at once how confusing it is to read back, reflected, are... Oh, 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 I'm reading... Sorry, it's all backwards. Letters and words when they are reflected back to you. Sorry, you guys, I have to read it slow because I'm reading them literally backwards. In fact, the entire world looks confusing in a mirror and almost as if... Yep, come up here. No, I mean like in a mirror. Okay, read it. There is a... Hole. Hole. Other. Other. Uh, world. World. Wait, what? Beyond. World beyond the... Shiny. 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 Silver. S U. Surface. Surface. Exactly. Exactly. In. Exactly. Evil. The. Oh. The schemes. Same. Same. Same as the world. We evil and we live. We live and <laughs> oops. Except backwards. Life is perplexing enough without thinking about another world staring back at you. Do you, well, do you want to read the backwards? There's one more coming up. I mean, I want to do it in the mirror. Oh, you want to do it in the mirror? Okay, bring the mirror over here. Um, but when you world staring back at you from the mirror, which is why people who spend a great deal of time looking in the mirror tend to have trouble thinking about anything except. Okay, look at the It's the very last line. Whatever secrets they discover after so much. After so much. Okay, go ahead. She's literally reading backwards in a mirror. Hold on. Which page are we on? Nope. This one. Yeah, so much reflection. This one? Up very, very top. Reflection such as a previously unknown sibling who was already watching them that very moment that's right oh that's so tricky lemony snicket you devil you you dog okay you want to put that back babe dog yeah you dog like you you rascal you're making it hard on us the baudelaire orphans of course had not spent very much time looking in the mirrors recently as they'd been quite preoccupied a word here which means in desperate mysterious circumstances brought about by count olaf but Even if they had spent every waking moment staring at their own reflections, they would not have been prepared for the perplexing sight waiting for them at the end of the sloping lawn. 
When Violet, Klaus, and Sunny at last caught up with Kit Snicket, it felt as if they had stepped into a world on the opposite side of the mirror without even knowing it. Impossible as, impossible as it seemed, the lawn deposited the children at the roof of the building, but a building that lay flat on the ground instead of rising up towards the sky. The Baudelaire's shoes were inches from the roof's glittering shingles, were a large red Hotel du Monde. Below the sign, a further from the orphans, was a row of windows with the number nine emblazoned on each of the shutters. The row was very long, stretching out to the left and to the right of the Baudelaire's, so far that they couldn't see the end of it. Below this row of windows was another number eight emblazoned on the shutters, and then another row of seven, and so on. The numbers getting further and further away from the Baudelaire's was all the way down to zero. Protruding from one of the zero windows was a strange funnel, which was spewing a thick white fog towards the sibling, covering a set of stairs leading to a large curved archway one story above the entrance. The Baudelaire's can the boat the oh, I'm sorry, the building, not the Baudelaire's. The building <laughs> was constructed from a strange shimmering brick, and here on the other side of the building were large strange flowers and patches of green moss all which lay out on the ground in front of the children. After a moment on one of the shutters, when one of the shutters opened and in an instant the Baudelaire's realized why the Hotel du Monde seemed so perplexing that they had not been staring at the building at all but its reflection of the enormous point. The hotel, the actual hotel stood at the far end of the pool and was reflected into the pond's surface Normally, of course, it's easy to tell a building from a reflection in a body of water, but whoever had designed the Hotel du Monde had added several features to confuse passerby. Oh, passersby. For one thing, the building did not stand up straight, but tilted towards the ground as a precise, at a precise angle so that the pond only reflected the hotel and none of the surrounding landscape and sky. <sighs> also, the signage, which is simply a fancy word for sign, was written backwards so that the numbers on the windows could only be read correctly in the pond and the words on the roof in the actual hotel read um okay it says hotel dumont backwards it says timini ned leta but it's all like backwards too like it doesn't just say leta leta it's like the l is like backwards so it doesn't really say anything Finally, some hard-working gardeners have managed to grow lilies and moss on the bricks of the hotel. Same, the same sort of lilies and moss that grew on the surface of the ponds. The three buildings looked down at the, at, the several, uh, at the pond and then up at the hotel and back and forth several times before they were able to get their bearings. A phase here, which means stop staring at the perplexing sight and direct into the attention of Kit Snicket. Over here, Baudelaire's, the pregnant woman called out as the children saw that Kit had taken a seat on the enormous blanket laid out on the lawn. The blanket was heaped with enough food to feed a feed an army, and had an army and had an army decided that the morning was to invade a pond. There were three loaves of bread, each three loaves of bread, each baked into a different shape, lined up in front of little bowls of butter, jam, and what looked like melted chocolate. O'Pain would love that. Alongside the bread was an enormous basket containing all sorts of pastries, from muffins to donuts to custards and eclairs, which happened to be a favorite of Klaus's. There were two rounds of tins containing quiche, which is a sort of a pie made of egg, cheese, and vegetables, and a large large platter of fish and a wooden tray piled high with a pyramid of fruit. The glass 
Three glass pitchers held three different kinds of juice, and there were silver pots containing coffee and tea laid out with all sorts of, of fan. Wait, laid out any sort of a fan with silverware, which to eat it all. All and all three napkins that were monogrammed. A word here which means the initials VB, KB, SB embroidered on them. Oh my gosh, that's fancy. It had their initials embroidered on them. Sit down, sit down, Kit said, taking a bite of the pastry covered in powdered sugar. As I said, we don't have much time, but that's no excuse for not eating well. Help yourselves to anything you'd like. Where did all this food come from, Klaus said. One of our associates laid it out for us, Kit said. It's a policy of our organization that all picnics travel separately from the volunteers, and if our enemies capture the, pi- capture the picnic, they won't get their clutches on us, and if our enemies capture us, they won't get the picnic. That is something to remember during the next couple of days as you participate in what one of our enemies call the perpetual struggle for room and food. Please try the marmalade. It is delicious. The Baudelaire's felt dizzy as if their heads were still spinning from the ride through the shrubbery and Violet reached to her pocket to find a ribbon. The conversation was so bewildering that the eldest Baudelaire wanted to concentrate as hard as she could when she was dreaming up an invention. Tying her hair up helped Violet focus on her inventing, focus her inventing mind. But before she could find a ribbon, Kit smiled kindly at her and produced a ribbon of her own. She gestured for the eldest Baudelaire to sit down and made, and with a gentle look in her eyes, the distraught and pregnant woman tied Violet's hair up herself. You look just like your father, Kit sighed. He wore the same frown whenever he was confused, although he never, he almost never tied his hair up in a ribbon when he solved problems. Please, Baudelaire, eat your brunch, and I'll try to catch you up on our current predicament. By the time you're eating your second pastry, I hope all of your questions will be answered. The Baudelaire sat down. Sorry, let me put this in here. The Baudelaire sat down, spread their monogram napkins on their lap, and began to eat, surprised to find that they were just as hungry for brunch as they were curious for information. Violet took two slices of dark wheat bread and made herself a sandwich of smoked fish, deciding to try the chocolate spread after, afterward if she still had room. Klaus served himself some quiche and took a custard eclair, and Sunny rooted through the tray of fruit until she found a grapefruit, which she began to peel with her unusually sharp teeth, Kit smiled at the children. As oh, Kit smiled at the children, dabbed her own mouth with a napkin, embroidered KS, and began to speak. The building at the under, other end of the pond is Hotel Dumont. Wait, Hotel Dun. I think it's Dunomint. Hotel Dunomint. No, it's Hotel Dumont. It is Dumont. Okay. Hotel Dumont. She began. Have you ever stayed there? No, Violet said. Our parents took us to Hotel Preludo once for this for once for the weekend. Oh, that's right, Kit, Kit said. I'd almost forgotten. Carrots for breakfast. Carrots for breakfast, Sunny said, remembering the weekend with a smile. Well, Hotel Preludio is a lovely place, Kit said, but Hotel Dumont is more than that. For years, it's been a place where our volunteers can gather to exchange information, discuss plans to defeat our enemies, and to return books we borrowed from one another. Oh, that's cute. They borrow books from each other? Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, you have to look at this. This looks like Witch's Brew. <laughs> look at the top of it. I know. I that is cool. Oh, my gosh. We put the Mine green... Mine looks like matcha. We, yeah. We put the green whipped cream on top of my coffee, and it's in my Hocus Pocus mug, and it says Sanderson Sisters, but it looks like Witch's Brew. Mm-hmm. Yummy. 
Yummy, yummy. Okay. Boop, 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 lovely place. Okay. But Hotel Dumont is much more than that. For years, it's been a place where volunteers can gather together. Oh, we already read that. Before the schism, we were, we were, there were countless places that served such purposes. Bookstores and banks, restaurants and stationery stores, cafes and laundromats, opium, opium dens and geodesic domes. People of nobility and integrity could gather nearly everywhere. Those must have been wonderful times, Violet said. So I'm told, Kit said. I was four years old when everything changed. Four years old when everything changed. Our organization shattered, and it was, and it was that as if the world shattered too. And one by one, the safe places were destroyed. There was a large scientific laboratory, but the volunteer who who owned the place was murdered. There was an enormous cavern, but a treacherous team of realtors came in and claimed it for themselves. There was an immense headquarters right by the Mount, Mount Main Mormons, but it was destroyed, Klaus said quietly. We were there briefly after the fire. Of course you were, Kit said. I'd forgotten. Well, the headquarters was the pen, penultimate safe place. Penultimate? Am I saying that right? Oh my gosh, is that like a made-up word? Penlahu, Sunny asked. Penultimate, which means next to last, Kit explained. When the moment that when the mountain headquarters was destroyed, only the Hotel Dumont was left. In every other place on earth, nobility was nobility and integrity are vanishing quickly, she sighed. <sighs> and gazed out the sill gazed out the still flat surface of the pond. If we're not careful, they'll vanish completely. Can you imagine a world in which wickedness and deception with were blah 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 and dis- wickedness and deception were running rampant yes violet said quickly and her siblings nodded in agreement they knew the word rampant and they knew what it meant and without any it meant without anyone to stop it and they could imagine such a word very easily because after they had after they had been living in one since their first encounter encounter with Count Olaf, the villain's wickedness and deception had run rampant all over the Baudelaire's lives, and it had been very difficult for them for the children to keep themselves from becoming villains. In fact, when they considered all of their recent actions, they weren't entirely sure that they hadn't performed a few acts of villainy, even if they had very good reasons in doing so. When we were in the mountains, Klaus said, we found a message in one of the volunteer that one of the volunteers had written. It said VFD would get, be gathering at Hotel Dumont on Thursday. Kit nodded and reached to, and reached to pour herself some more coffee. Was the message addressed to JS? She asked. Yes, Violet said. We assume the initials initials were for Jacques Snicket. Brother, Sunny asked. Kit looked sadly down at her pastry. Yes, Jacques was my brother. Because of the schism, I haven't seen either of my brothers for years, and it was only recent that I learned of his murder. When, when we met Jacques very briefly, Violet said, referring to the time that the Baudelaire's had spent in the care of in the care of an entire village. You must have been shocked to receive the news. Saddened, saddened Kit said, but not shocked. So many people, so many good people, have been slain to our enemies. She reached across the blanket and patted the hand of the three Baudelaire, Baudelaire's in turn. I know that I don't have to tell you how terrible it feels to lose a family member. I felt so terrible that I vowed I would never leave my bed. What happened? Klaus said. Kit smiled. I got hungry, she said, and when I opened the refrigerator, I found a message waiting for me. Verbal fridge dialogue, Violet said. The same code was in the message that we found in the mountains. Yes, Kit said. You three had been spotted by another volunteer. 
We knew, of course, that you children had nothing to do with my brother's death, no matter what the other ridiculous reporter wrote in the Daily Punctilio. The Baudelaire's looked at one another. They had almost forgotten about the Geraldine, about Geraldine, Julie N., a journalist who had caused them much advertent, advertent, oh my gosh, inadvertent trouble, phrase here which means published a newspaper that the Baudelaire orphans had murdered Jock Snicket, whom she'd mistakenly identified as Count Olaf. The siblings had found it necessary to disguise themselves several times so as not to be captured by authorities. Who, sp- who spotted us? Klaus asked. Quigley Quagmire, of course, she said. He found you at the Mortmain Mountains and then managed to contact me when you were separated from him. He and I managed to meet each other in an abandoned bathrobe bathrobe emporium okay where we were disguised as mannequins while we figured out what to do next finally we managed to send a volunteer factual dispatch to to captain Wittershin's submarine to the queequeg sunny said naming the underwater vehicle where she and her siblings had recently spent a dreadful few days our plan was to meet up with you at briny beach kit said and proceed to the hotel dumont for vfd gathering but where's Quigley? Violet asked. Kit sighed and took a sip of coffee. He was very eager to see you, he, she said, but he received word from his siblings. <gasps> Duncan and Isadora, Klaus cried. We haven't seen them from quite we haven't seen them for quite some time. Are they safe? I hope so, Kit answered. The message they sent was incomplete, but it sounded as if they were being attacked in midair while flying over the sea. Quigley went to help them immediately in a helicopter that we stole from the nearby botanist. If all goes well, you'll see all three Quagmire triplets on Thursday. That is, unless you cancel the gathering. The gathering, cancel it. Violet said, "Why would we do a thing like that?" The last safe place, maybe not, may not be safe after all. Kit said, and if that's the case, you Baudelaire's need to send VFD a signal that Thursday gathering is canceled. Why not safe? Sunny asked. Kit smiled as the youngest Baudelaire opened the cardboard folder that the Baudelaire's had received from the taxi cab and began to page through the papers inside. I'm sorry this is so disorganized, she said. I haven't had time to update my commonplace book. My brother used to say that if only one hand, one had a little more time to do such important reading, all the secrets in the world would become clear. I've scarcely looked at these maps, poems, and blueprints that Charles sent me or chosen wallpaper for my baby's room. Wait a moment, Baudelaire's. I'll find it. The children helped themselves to more brunch, trying to be patient as Kit Kit looked through her folder, pausing from time to time to smooth out the particularly crumbled paper. At last, she had seen it, had held up a tiny piece of paper, not bigger than a caterpillar, which was rolled up in a tiny scroll. Here it is, she said. A waiter slipped this to me last night by hiding it inside of a cookie. She handed it to Klaus, who unrolled the paper and squinted at it behind his glasses. J.S. has checked in, reading it out loud, and requested tea with sugar. My brother thinks, my brother sends regards, sincerely frank. Usually the message from inside the cookies are just superstitious nonsense, Kit said. But recently the restaurant has changed its management. You can understand why this message made me so distraught, Baudelaire's. Someone is posing as my brother and has checked into the hotel shortly after our organization is scheduled to arrive. Count Olaf, Violet said. It could be Olaf, Kit agreed, but there are plenty of villains out there who are too eager to be imposters. These two villains in the mountains, for example. Oh, the two villains, the ha- the man with the hair. The man and woman with the hair and then the no beard thingy. Yeah, yeah. No, the, <clears throat> woman with no, the woman with hair but no beard and no... 
And with no hair but beard. Yep, that's right. Or Hugo or Colette or Kevin, Klaus said, naming the three people that the children had met in Calgary Carnival who had just since joined Olaf's troop and had agreed to meet with him at the hotel. But this J.S. isn't necessarily a wicked person, Kit said. Plenty of noble people would check in the Hotel Dumont and and order sugar in their tea, not to sweeten it, of course. Tea should be as bitter as wormwood, my brother used to say, and as sharp as as a two-edged sword, but as a signal. Our comrades and our enemies are all after the same thing, the vessel for the desiturides. Sugar bowl, Sunny said, sharing a look of dismay with her siblings. The Baudelaire's knew that Kit was referring to the sugar bowl that was a great of that was of great importance to VFD and to Count Olaf, who was desperate to get his hands on it. The children had searched for the sugar bowl from the highest peak of the Mortmain Mountains to the underwater depths of Gregornian Grotto, but neither had found the sugar bowl nor learned why it was so important. Exactly, Kit said. The sugar bowl is on its way to the hotel as we speak, and I hate to think what would happen to it if our enemies got a hold of it. I can't imagine anything worth, worse except perhaps of our enemies showing somehow getting getting a hold of the medusoid mycelium. <gasps> the Baudelaire's look of dismay it augmented a word here which means increased increased dramatically as I real, as they realized that they had some bad news for Cat Snicket. Um, I'm afraid that Count Olaf has a small sample of the medusoid mycelium, Violet said, referring to a deadly fungus that the children had encountered while exploring the ocean. Its sinister spores had infected poor Sunny, who might have not have survived had her sibling, siblings not managed to dilute the poison with, in the nick of time. We had a few spores locked tight in a diving helmet, but Olaf managed to steal it. Kit gasped. Well, then we most certainly have no time to lose. The three of you must infiltrate the Hotel Dumont and observe J.S. If J.S. is a noble person, then you must make sure that the sugar bowl falls into his or her hands. But if J.S. is a villainous person, you must make sure that it does not. And I'm sad to say that this won't be as easy as it sounds. It doesn't sound easy at all, Klaus said. That's the spirit, Kit said popping a grape into her mouth. Of course you won't be alone. Showing up early is one of the signs of a noble person. So there are other volunteers already at the hotel. You may even recognize some volunteers who have been observing you during your travels, but you also may recognize some of your enemies as they will be posing as noble people by showing up early as well. Are you holding the moth? Aw. Okay, Peyton got a moth outside and now she's holding it cute yeah make sure you don't touch its um wings yeah while you try to observe the imposter various imposters will undoubtedly be observing you but how can we tell the volunteers from our enemies violet asked the same way you always do kit said when you first met count olaf did you have a doubt he was a treacherous person when you first met the quagmire triplets did you have any doubt that they were charming and resourceful You'll have to observe everyone that you see and make such judgments yourself. You, Baudelaire's, will soon become flaneurs. Expound, Senny said, which meant something along the lines of, I'm afraid I don't know what that word means. Flaneurs, Kit explained, are people who quietly observe their surroundings, intruding on only intruding only when it is absolutely necessary. The children make excellent flaneurs, as so few people notice them. You'll also be able to pass unnoticed in ho- to pass unnoticed in the hotel. We 
we can't pass unnoticed, Kaus said. The Daily Punk Tilio has published our photographs in the paper. Someone is sure to recognize us and report us to the, our present and report our presence to the authorities. My brother's right, Violet said. The three children just can't go wandering around a hotel observing things. Oh, three children. Three children can't just go around wandering in a hotel observing things. Kat, Kit smiled and lifted the corner of her picnic blanket. Underneath were three parcels wrapped in paper. The man who sent me the message about the imposter, she said, is a member of VFD. He suggested that he hire the three of you as concierge. Your uniforms are in these packets. Expound again, Sunny said. Klaus, Klaus had taken out his commonplace book and was taking notes on what Kit was saying. The opportunity to define a word, however, was enough to interrupt his research. A concierge, he said to his sister, is someone who performs various tasks for hotel for guests in a hotel. It is the perfect disguise, Kit said. You'll be doing you'll be doing everything from fetching packages to recommending restaurants. You'll be allowed in every corner of the hotel, from the rooftop sunbathing salon to the laundry room in the basement. And no one will suspect that you're there to spy on them. Frank will help you be the be as best he can, help you be as best he can. Frank but stand, I mean, F stands for friendly. Aww. And then um, I forget his name, but E stands for evil. Friendly evil. Is he friendly evil? No. Oh, he's good. There's another person that's evil. Oh, okay. And oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, Peyton never gives us tip hints. Well, wow. We're about, we're about to read it. Okay, cool. Frank will help you be the best he can, but be very careful. The schism has turned many brothers into our enemies. Under no circumstances should you reveal your true selves to Frank's treacherous, identical brother, Ernest. Identical, Violet repeated. If, there's, if they're identical, how can we tell them apart? Kit took one last sip of her coffee. Please try and pay attention, she said. You'll have to observe everyone as you see and make such judgments yourself. That's the only way to tell a villain from a volunteer. Now, is everybody perfectly clear? The Baudelaire's looked at one another. They could not remember a time in their lives when everything had been less clear than at this very moment in their lives. When, uh, 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 than this very moment when every sentence Kit uttered seemed to be more and more mysterious than the last. Klaus looked at the notes he had made in his commonplace book and tried to summarize the errand that Kit had outlined for them. We're going to disguise ourselves as concierge, he said carefully, in order to become flaneurs and observe the imposter who is either a volunteer or an enemy. A man named Frank is going to help us, Violet said, but his brother Ernest will try and stop us. There are several other volunteers in the hotel, Klaus said, but several other enemies as well. Sugar Bowl, Sunny said. Very good, Kit said approvingly. When you're done with your brunch, you can change into your uniforms behind that tree and signal to Frank that you're on your way. Do you have something that you can throw into the pond? Something that you can throw into the pond? What? Violet reached into her pocket and drew out a stone that she had picked up on Briny Beach. I imagine this will do, she said. That's perfect, Kit said. Oh, is that how they signal they throw something into the pond? I guess so, yep. That's perfect, Kit said. Frank should be watching from the other windows of the hotel, unless, of course, Ernest has intercepted by my message and is watching instead. In any case, when you're ready to meet him, you can throw the rock into the pond, and you'll and he'll see the ripples and know that you're on your way. Aren't you coming with us? Close asked. 
I'm afraid not, Kit said. I have other errands to perform. While Quigley tries to resolve the situation in the sky, I will try and resolve the situation in the sea, and you will have to resolve the situation here on land. Us alone? Sunny asked. Oh, the, the poor kids, huh? Alone? She meant something along the lines of, do you really think that three children can accomplish all of this by themselves? And her siblings were quick to translate. Look at yourselves, Kit said, and gestured towards the pond. The Baudelaire stood up and stepped close to the water's edge and leaned over the pond so that the reflections appeared in front of the roof of the hotel. When your parents died, Kit said, you were just, you were just a young girl, Violet, but you've matured. Those aren't the eyes of a young girl. They're the eyes of someone who has faced endless hardship. And look at you, Klaus. You have the look of an experienced researcher, not just of the young reader who lost his parents in a fire. And Sonny, you're standing on your own two feet. So many of your teeth are growing in that other, that they don't appear to be such unusual size and as they were when you were a baby. I don't, that's a weird compliment, question mark. You're not a child and you're not children anymore, Baudelaire's you're volunteers, ready to face the challenges of a desperate and perplexing world. You must go to the Hotel Dumont, and Quigley must go to the self sustaining hot air balloon mobile home, and I must go to a coral formation of the dubious quality where an inflatable raft should be waiting. But if Quigley manages to construct a net and big enough to capture all those eagles, I manage to to contact Captain and I manage to contact Captain Wittershins and have to meet him in a certain clump of seawood. We'll all be here Thursday. Hector should manage to land his self-sustaining hot air mobile hot air mobile home on the roof, even with all of us on board. Hector, Violet said, remembering the man who had been so kind to them in the val- vi- village of foul devotees and his enormous invention that had carried them away from the Baudelaire's. He's safe. I hope so. Kit said quietly and stood up. She turned to face her, the face of Baudelaire's, and her voice seemed to, her voice seemed to tremble as she talked. Don't worry about the brunch things. Don't worry about the brunch things, Baudelaire's. One of my comrades has, has volunteers to clean up after our picnic. He's a wonderful gentleman. You'll meet him on Thursday, if all goes well. If all goes well. But she could not finish her sentence. Instead, she gave a little whimper, and her shoulders began to shake as the Baudelaire's looked at one another. When someone is crying. Of course, the noble thing to do is comfort them. But if someone is trying to hide their tears, it also might be noble for you to pretend that you didn't notice them so that they will not be embarrassed. For a moment, the children could not choose between noble, the noble activity of comforting a crying person, and the noble activity of not embarrassing a crying person. But Kit Snicket began to cry harder and harder as they decided to comfort her. And they decided to comfort her. Violet clasped her hands, and Klaus put her arms around her arm. Klaus put an arm around her shoulder. Sunny hugged Kit above her knees, which also was was as high as she could reach. Why are you crying? Violet asked. Why are you so distraught? Because all will not go well, Kit said finally. You may as well know that, Baudelaire's. These are dark days, as dark as a crow flying through the pitch black at night. Our errands may be noble, but we will not succeed. I suspect that before Thursday. You'll I'll see your signal and know that your hopes have gone up in smokes. But how will we signal, Klaus said. Which code should we use? Any code that you devise, Kit said. We'll be watching in the sky. And with that, she she shook herself out of the children's discomforting ar- children's comforting arms and hurried away the po- hurried away from the pond without another word to the siblings. 
Violet, Klaus, and Sunny watched her figure get smaller and smaller as she ran up the lawn, perhaps on her way back to the taxi cab, or join up with another mysterious volunteer, until at last she disappeared over the slope. For a moment, none of the children said a word, and then Sunny reached up, which reached down and picked up the parcels. Change, she said. I guess so, said Violet, with a sigh. It seems a shame to waste all this food, but I can't eat any more for brunch. Or I can't eat any more brunch. She's so full, huh? Perhaps the volunteer who's cleaning up, to, uh, cleaning up will bring it to somebody else, Klaus said. Perhaps, Violet agreed. There's so much about VFD that remains a mystery. Perhaps we'll learn more when we're, we'll learn more when we're flaneurs, Klaus said. If we observe everything around us, perhaps some of these mysteries will become clear. I hope so. I hope so too, Violet said. Also hope so, Sunny said, and the Baudelaire said no more. Leaving their brunch behind, they ducked behind the tree that Kit had suggested and held a picnic blanket as a sort of a curtain so each children could change into the, into a concierge disguise in, pri- in relative privacy. Violet buckled a shiny silver belt with the words Hotel Dumont printed large in large black letters all the way around and hoped that she would be able to tell the difference between Frank and his treacherous brother Ernest. Klaus adjusted his his stiff... <sighs> stiff round hat which had both firm elastic band tucked under his chin and hoped that he would know that he would know which of the guests were volunteers and which were villains and as sunny slipped her fingers into a clean white and clean into clean white gloves surprised that frank had managed to find them in such a small size and hoped that she would be able to investigate the imposter posing as jacques snicket when the three children were all wearing their uniforms they walked back to the edge of the pond and put on the last part of their disguise, three enormous pairs of sunglasses, of, uh, uh, sunglasses, reminding them of the disguise that Count Olaf had worn pretending to be the detective. The sunglasses were so large that they, were, they not only covered their eyes, but a great portion, portion of their faces. Klaus could even wear his rectangle glasses underneath without anyone noticing. As they gazed through the sunglasses at their own reflections, they wondered if the disguise were to be enough to keep them out of the hands of the authorities long, long enough to solve the mysteries that surrounded them. And they wondered if it was true what Kat Snicket had said that they weren't... Oh, sorry. Kit Snicket said. <laughs> Good job, Peyton. That they weren't children anymore, but volunteers ready to face the challenges of, of desperate and perplexing world. Baudelaire, the Baudelaire's hope so. But when Violet took the stone in her gloved hand and threw it into the middle of the pond, they wondered if their hopes would sink in the same way. They watched as the surface of the pond rippled, disrupting the reflection of the hotel. The children had been, uh, the children watched the shingles of the roof turn into a blur, and they watched the word Dumont disappear as if it were written on a piece of paper that somebody had crumpled in their hand. They watched each row of windows melt together and they watched the flowers and moss dissolve into nothing as the stone stank de- sank deeper and deeper into the pond and the circular ripples spread further and further across the reflection. The Baudelaire orphans watched this reflection, the reflected world disappear and wondered if the, their hopes would also disappear into the strange rippling world of the Hotel Dumont. The, all the, oh no, I have to read backwards again. So hang tight, you guys. All the mysteries and all the mysteries and secrets that lay deep inside. Dun dun dun.
Dang. That was a long chapter. I feel like I need to go like, oh, that's adorable, Peyton. I need a break. Oy, oy, oy.